Hello, welcome to another episode of We The People Podcast. I am your host, Donnell Jefferson, and I want to get into something that is going to be a little different from normally how I do things. Usually I have a topic, but um, I want to tell a little story and then explain the topic at hand. Okay, I want to give you a story um, years ago. There was a kid who graduated high school. Kid was versatile. He did extracurricular activities, stayed out of trouble, was an honor student, and he got a, and he was going to college in the fall. So, one of the things he did was, activities he did rather, was cross country. The summer, in between, well, after graduation in college, he got a call from his coach. He said, hey, I got a whole crop of runners. Would you like to, you know, help me out? He said, sure, of course. Goes there to the school, and there's a exercise to where... Everyone gets like a little head start. Now, the last runner, which usually is the the fastest or the best or experienced runner, they go last. Now, the mission is for the person who left early is for not to have that one person catch them. And for the person who left last, they got to catch them. So, he's jogging, jogging, it's hot, he took his shirt off, won't think of anything, he runs by his favorite sub place, and the next thing you know, not one, not two, not three, but four cop cars come out of nowhere it was literally from the front one from the back and one from the opposite lane which even surprises him to this very day so they get out say freeze he's shocked he don't know what's going on so they say that they got him handcuffed in his squad car. Now, there are people outside. Remember, he doesn't know what is going on. He said he is suspect, but don't know the full story. So there are three people, and he can see the cop asking the people questions. He don't have to. He don't have to. He don't have to hear it, but he can see it. There is a black guy, a Indian guy, and a white woman. So the black guy looks at him, says that's not him. Goes on to the Indian guy. The Indian guy looks at him, says that's not him. When it came to the white woman, though. She looked at him 
and said that was him. Now, cops get their statements. So him and his partner driving, they gonna have they take him downtown because he's suspect or person of interest. Now, the kid is scared less, basically. He don't know what to do. He got too many things running through his head. He like, I don't know what I did wrong. So the cop was basically fishing him out information. He told him that, hey, there was a robbery here earlier. And the kid was like, why would I come back to a place I robbed shirtless and with my face with no weapon in the middle of the day? Doesn't make sense. So he told that, hey, I just got a I graduated out of high school. I I I don't y'all got the wrong person. He said, It's fine. Still gotta go. Go downtown. Go to the go to actually went to the police station. Go to the police station. There's a detective. You know, saying taking this. You know, saying front side shots, fingerprint, and they ask him, "Did he? Uh, what happened?" He says that I am accused of something I did not do. The detective asks, "Are you sure?" He says, yes. He said, what were you doing jogging in the middle? Well, at the end of the afternoon. Or evening, rather. He says, I was helping out my coach. My coach could verify me. As soon as he said that, the detective said to him, okay, what's his number? I don't have his number on him, he said, so he knew that he was in the phone book. Detective look it up, calls him, talk to the coach. Coach verifies that he was helping his runners. And the detective apologized. The kid's still shaking. Don't know what to do. And even the detective tried to make an awkward joke. He was like, well, wear some neon shorts or something. The kid didn't want to respond. He just said, try to laugh it off. He's like, yeah, okay. The coach comes gets them. He doesn't really talk to him about it. Asked where you're okay. He said yes. The coach is pissed. Because this has never happened. In all of his years. With his team. And he run through the scenario. Of all the times that we practiced. We actually ran this route thousands of times. But this one time. It went south. While he is fortunate that nothing didn't happen to him, 
He's still angry, furious, embarrassed. Embarrassed because when he was the back of that squad car going to the police station, he remember stopping at a light and seeing other black people look at him and shake their head. That is a feeling that he will always remember. So he gets home and he he's kind of quiet, reluctant. His mom knew something was wrong. His dad too. But, you know, mom pick up instincts before it's like second nature almost. She asks what's wrong. They ask what's wrong. He tells them what happened. Parents are livid. While they're thankful that he's back home. There are they're in a sea of emotions. They don't know who to call, who to charge. And the funny part is he actually, the kid went back and, and asked for the detective to, to see how he's doing. Not to follow up with the case because he doesn't really care about the case. He wants to move on with his life. This story is very, very personal to me because this story that kid was me. And I really don't share personal stuff about me, but to to gain the trust or a mutual understanding of each other, I want you to sh- I want to share experiences what I went through, good and bad. It was good that I cooperated scared to have faith in the system but a part of me was just like one white lady said it was me and I end up and I could have almost went to jail I think of scenarios what was what if the cop was was dirty what if the detective was dirty what if the detective did not let me get my free phone call which I did not even register in my mind at the time started looking at life and police different. You never know what someone go through until they tell you. I didn't keep that as a burden, but the experience humbled me. Now I've had other experiences, good and bad, with police. I've had experience to where I've been followed at a store where someone conveniently right there when I'm looking at clothes. But that one moment, I can't shake. It's part of who I am. It just opened my eyes to how 
the world can perceive you without knowing you. And it was so bad in a sense how I felt when I was in that squad car and I was telling them everything. Even the even the officers officer was like, I'd be surprised if it was you. Because I literally just graduated high school. I didn't even know if, if I was gonna have a future. So when I talk about stuff, some things does hit home for me. It humbles me. It keeps me grounded and focused. It's an experience that I don't want anyone to go through. And like I said, I'm fortunate to still be here at 41 years of age. Yes, that's my real age. To go through that and be stronger, not let it hinder you, but remember that feeling. Remember that helplessness. So when they say things like Black Lives Matter and we literally explain, we know. We tell, we say over and over again that we're trying to get the bad apples out. And I ask, why the resistance? I could have been a Trayvon Martin. I could have been George Floyd. I could have been Amar Arbor. I could have been any of those people because of how I look. So I advise you, when you're going through a situation and you, and you feel like no one understands, there's someone in this world that understands what you went through or have been through it. I'm not trying to bash or do the segregation or like I just to point out the truth. It should not come down to the skin tone. It should come down to your actions and your character. I know some black people that I wouldn't even like know. I wouldn't even want to associate with. I know some white people that are cool as hell. Like it all it comes down to that person. A jerk has no color. And I can say why being racist has no color, it trust me. I've experienced both. But this experience right here, it introduced me to the real world. And I am thankful for that.
because it shed some innocence from me, but it it toughened me mentally. Now to this day, sometimes I don't like to be around people. I'm an indirect introvert. But I just want to share one this experience and I hope that it inspires someone or touches someone to look at things from a different perspective. If I can look at experience try to talk to my coworkers of different race and relate and respect how they feel just off their character. We are lacking in that right now. We're lacking in that in politics. We're lacking that social media. We're lacking that online. We are lacking that in any area, especially law enforcement. Anywhere you think of, we're lacking character. So I ask, when is it enough? When is it enough? I don't want my nephew, my cousins, my niece, nephews to go through what I went through. Because I'm scared that it could it could go it could have went south. Every person that you've that I see that had passed or tragically been killed, I think to myself that that could have been me. Especially Amar Arbery, like I like to run, obviously. That could have been me. I do believe we can get it together. But I do believe work still needs to be done. So when I say this, I say it with truth. Love and honesty. Everything I say right right now, it I didn't want to write nothing down because it came straight from the heart. This this something that you can't just write down the details. But I will say just do better. Be better. Let's do it together. Let's come together. And show them who we really are. And what I mean them, I mean negative people, naysayers. And granted, you're not going to prove them wrong. But if you could change one person, or you could have one person see the light, it's all worth it. As Martin Luther King said in the episode of Bulldog, in the, in the Boondocks, sorry, I did not take all these whoopings for this. So I say to all, good night. See you next time.
and I'm out. Nigga move.